Growing Up Baby with Haley Zimak. That's Ding Dong Ding Dong, part of Music Together's extensive collection. This particular song, for example, helps listeners feel triple meter. That's one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. This episode explores the sound of music and how it connects us with language, movement, and each other. Do you remember making music, singing freely and with abandon? And do you remember when it stopped? Yeah, we were at a fancy French restaurant for uh, my husband's anniversary. We brought Henry with us, and he was cranky, and I busted out a ligaligaloo. And honestly, the waiter joined in, and he clapped. Amazing. Favorite song that you guys have? Uh, a ligaligaloo. Okay. Are you going to sing it for us? No, no, I'm not that cool. <laughs> okay. Not that cool. <laughs> we'll hear from Natalie a little later on. She's not scared to sing in public, just not when she's being recorded. First, though, Risa Waldman is the director of Making Music Together, and she leaves no song unsung. Risa, thanks so much for talking today. I'm so interested in your story and sharing it with others because you actually used music to help you connect during an extremely important time in your life. If you could take us back to 2013 as you were preparing to leave for China. Oh, I'd love to share this story. Um, so in 2013, after a long, long wait, I was about to leave to go to China to adopt our daughter, Katie. She was 14 months at the time, and I didn't have a ton of notice before we were going to travel. I was going with my mom, and I'd been reading an awful lot about attachment and bonding, of course, and how important that is in adoption situations. And I kept thinking about what can I do, you know, to help this transition, help Katie know me and be comfortable with me. And of course, doing what I do, I just thought, I think I have to use music. This, this is what it has to be. I, I really think that this is going to help that moment when they finally put her in my arms and I'm just going to be a stranger. But if she's heard my voice and heard some songs and songs can be so comforting, uh, especially when they're familiar, that maybe this would help her on what could be actually a very difficult day. So I gathered up a bunch of songs and I, and I, bought a fancy microphone and got my best friend to help me learn how to use GarageBand. And we, we recorded a bunch of songs and I made this CD and I sent it to China and honestly had no idea whether it would even reach Katie. She was at the time living with a foster mom. And, you know, I just kind of had to cross my fingers and hope that it reached her. And, um, when we finally got there and the big day came, um, the people who were responsible for bringing Katie to me, they had the CD. So it reached her and I asked them through a translator, you know, did she get to hear me sing? And they said yes, which I hope is true. I, and I really think that it is. I didn't even know if they had a CD player. I didn't know, you know, what, what they were going to be able to do with it, but I hoped that that it would reach her. And then as soon as I saw her, I started singing to her one of the songs from the uh, the CD. And I didn't take her in my arms right away. I wanted her to see me and hear my voice and hopefully sense something familiar. And really, um, I took my time and eventually she sort of leaned in and that's when I took her in my arms and I just kept singing. Um, I think 
it was mostly lullabies that I was at the time because I really wanted it to be a calming thing. We were with a couple of other families who were in the same position. And um, Katie was the only baby that wasn't crying at the time. She seemed really quite content. So I'm really glad that I went through with this. And like my instinct said, do this. And I did it. I really think it helped us through our our finding each other. And especially those two weeks of adjustment that we were in China to really um, help her join our family. Um, my husband, Tim, also sang on the, on the CD, so he wasn't able to come to China with us. It was just my mom and I. It was really, really special. I love that. I, I have goosebumps listening to that, Risa. <laughs> like, it's beautiful. Oh, thanks. Um, we actually have a snippet of that. Baby Katie, you're our girl. Here you go. Take a listen. You sent your family's heart for a world. Baby Katie, we're awfully fond of you. Boop, boop, be doo. You're so pretty. So you have Katie now. Um, she's 14 months old. In terms of language and development, of course, I'm sure she doesn't have a huge vocabulary at that point, but she is is a native speaker of another tongue. How does music bond you? And, and this can be, you know, to anyone that it is really the universal language, isn't it? It absolutely is. I'm so glad you asked that question because, you know, this happened to be the perfect example, not that I sort of planned it this way, but... I had already been teaching the Music Together program for about 10 years before I became a mom. And um, I'd been doing also a lot of reading, <laughs> when you adopt, you do a lot of reading, about you know potential delays when um, your child is already 14 months. That's a long time. She's never heard English, so she may have had a few words native in, in Mandarin, but... I don't know, because I don't speak Mandarin. So obviously, we didn't speak the same language. But I was prepared for language developmental delays. You know, that's one of the things that you just sort of are prepared for, because it's a difficult thing. And I, I really and truly feel that because Katie was so exposed to so much interactive music making, it really helped her with her transition and developing her competence in, in the English language, she had no delays, not at all. I, I was shocked. And I was amazed at how when we were together, even for those two weeks, that, I don't know, we seemed to understand each other. I mean, maybe it's also part of that mother-child bond that starts to happen. But when you're making music, we focus a lot on sounds and the little snippets and building blocks of language. The syllables, the phrasing and consonants and the vowels, they're all part of what we do. But for children who haven't developed their ability to fully speak, it gives them this amazing way in. Music just has this other little door that lets them in so they can play with those sounds and those building blocks and slowly but surely put them all together. And when we're singing and relating a song to you know, animals or silly things, things that they can easily, easily relate to. It just creates this strong connection in their brain that helps them start to process it and crack that code of language. The process of, of learning the language of music is almost identical to the process of 
acquiring language. And babies are born ready and wired to acquire language. So when we sing to them and when we move with them, they're forming trillions of neural connections in their brain. And it supports all of their future learning. When Katie and I were just about to leave China and come home, we actually stopped in at a music together class in Beijing, which is what every family does, you know, newly formed, just go to a music together class. So it was really wild because I noticed that despite everything, the class is in English, primarily in English, but Katie participated in that class and was present in that class like every other child I've ever seen. She's never been in that situation before. She doesn't know any English. It truly just reached her like it reaches every child in, you know, North Toronto or <laughs> it's, it was completely a universal experience. My, my son Silas and I, we take your music together class in the park mm -hmm. and I absolutely love it. I'll be honest, when I was Googling things to do, I thought, okay, this will be fun, right? I didn't expect, in all honesty, it to be so educational. Firstly, I learned so much, um, from Emma, who is just a brilliant instructor. Isn't she wonderful? Oh, she's great. But to see the way that Silas is responding to rhythm and rhyme and seems to anticipate movements and, and sound and everything, is is really quite remarkable. Can you speak a little bit to that? Because you mentioned, you know, babies are hardwired for this. They want this information. And I guess I just didn't realize how readily they would they would consume it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's just so magical and I find it so fascinating. One of the things that I'm I'm so proud about teaching the Music Together program is that we do it from a very research-based perspective. So we, we understand how children process music and how they learn and, and process information in general. You wouldn't necessarily know that so much goes into the way that we teach, but we, we have lots of intention behind everything that we do. And what we really hope is that we are educating the parents like you who actually don't realize that music is so much more than just a fun activity. You know, it, it, of course it's fun and it's wonderful, but it's so critical for children, especially in their first few years of, of learning when their brains are the most active to get at them because music learning supports all learning. This is a very big uh, part of the Music Together philosophy. When we make music, we actually use more of our brain than almost anything else that you can do. Like more parts of our brain are active while we're making music. So when we are just moving and singing together, we're working with things like, of course, language and their gross motor skills and their fine motor skills. And it helps develop their spatial reasoning and executive functioning and self-regulation, like social and emotional development. It's just like it goes on and on and on. And what is important to remember is that these are not music skills. These are life skills. And Making music is such a deep part of being human. We want this for all of our children. And they are all born with the ability to grow up and be very competent musical people. Not, you know, they're not going to be the next Mozart or whatever, but, but to be able to participate with accuracy in the music of their culture, 
whatever surrounds them. And that's so important because that gives us a sense of community and belonging and comfort. So that's kind of our goal is to help parents understand why we're even doing this with little babies who can't do much else yet. But honestly, if I had a dollar for every parent that said to me, oh my gosh, my baby just loves music, I, you know, could retire because they all love it. It is naturally part of who they are. I love this recording of Music Together's In A Nay. It's sung in Yorta Yorta, an Australian indigenous language. Of course, you don't have to understand the language to appreciate the song. What could make it familiar, though, is that it's in C major. What I found really interesting in the class, too, and in, in being, you know, a Canadian person was the mention of Western styles of music and how, you know, we're very used to hearing and listening to what we know. You are exposed to different types of music, right? Different types of of rhythm and, and way of singing, which I thought was really interesting. Why is that important to, to hear something that's a little bit different than what you're used to? It's true. It's so important. And one of the things we really want to do is sort of dispel that myth that people have that for some reason, they feel like music needs to be dumbed down for our children. And it's just, it's so crazy because they are open to uh, everything. They're able to process so much more than we give them credit for. And we intentionally include songs that may be originating from different cultures so that the rhythms that we're hearing and the tonalities that we're hearing, they're really diverse. They don't all sound like those songs that, you know, we all sing to our children, Old MacDonald, The Wheels on the Bus, everything is in C major and it's in 4-4 four, four time. It's, it's all kind of the same. And it's amazing how children grab onto these diverse rhythms. We think of it a little bit like a buffet. So we want our children to grow up and have a very broad and complete musical vocabulary, just in the most basic way, so that they can feel comfortable doing different rhythms, different tonalities. Some of us, uh, if grown-ups didn't really get exposed to any of this, some of the music we do in the class might feel a little bit unusual to them. But if we reach children now, when they're, they're most receptive, we can reach them with these unusual or um, sort of atypical rhythms and tonalities for those of us in North America, and it's going to give them a broader musical vocabulary. It's like lots of healthy food off of a buffet. They need a little of everything. One little owl said, that buffet of sounds include minor keys as well, of course, heard here in Music Together's One Little Owl. As I sat in the old oak tree. 
In terms of health benefits of practicing music, you know, when we talk about stress reduction, um, you can even sync up your heartbeats, cortisol, things like that. What, what are some of those benefits? When we make music, especially in a community or a group, we get this release of serotonin and dopamine, the hormones that make us feel good. We then also lower our stress hormone, cortisol. So it it can definitely help us feel less stressed when we're breathing and we're singing and we're moving. It also helps reduce blood pressure and it improves our mental alertness. Overall, it's just so good for you to make music. Yeah, I think of, you know, being a teenager, right? And those certain songs that you just had to lock yourself into your room and listen to. Or, you know, we hear Alzheimer's patients that don't remember their family, but they'll hear a snippet of a song and it brings them back. And it's a form of therapy. So I I love... Yeah, I love it as an educational tool or maybe reaching children who don't learn or respond in an atypical way. Do you have any client stories maybe you can share that way of of ways that families have been impacted? It's amazing how deep we store musical memories in our brain, in in our emotions. So um, I know I have so many families who have come to us with children who may be mostly nonverbal. Um, or, or just very delayed with their speech. And uh, I heard a story recently that Emma told me about a family whose child was ge- generally nonverbal. And the hello song that we sing at the beginning of every class, we go through everybody's names, all the children's names. And he went to um, an appointment with a speech pathologist and they asked him his name and he just said it which for most of us, of course, is maybe not a big deal, but oh my gosh, their family was blown away and they really, they were so thrilled and they feel that it was very much because he kept having this exposure to the song and singing his name and it's the little tiny things that we see almost every class that put smiles on parents' faces because it's a journey of development that is so, so exciting. Also part of the collection is the Hello Song. And say hello now to a special guest. Remember that 14-month-old baby girl we talked about at the beginning of the episode? Hi, my name is Katie and I'm 10 years old. I understand music is something that's very important to you. Now, is it one of your favorite subjects at school as well? Yes. Okay, what do you like about music class? You get to use instruments. What's your favorite instrument? Boomwhackers. I don't know what that is. Can you tell me? They're basically these long sticks, sticks or tubes. Okay. That you can tap on your hand and it makes a sound. Okay. And I understand you do very well in the music subject. Can you tell us what grade you got? A plus. A plus. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, was that a lot of hard work to get an A plus or was it kind of easy for you to get an A plus? Kind of easy because the music comes really naturally. Okay. Do you and your mom like to sing together, Katie? Yes. Okay. Where do you sing together? In the car. We do rounds where I start the song and then someone else can join a little after and then you repeat it together. What's a good song to sing rounds to? Frere Jaca. Frere Jaca? Yes. Nice. 
I heard that your mom, when she came to meet you for the first time, that she actually made a CD, a baby Katie CD. Do you ever listen to that still? Yes. Okay. What are some of the songs on there? Evermore. There's also Raisin Almonds, My Bonnie. Is Evermore your favorite song? Yeah. Evermore I will love you, evermore I will stay. Clearly, Risa has a gorgeous voice, but we're going to change the tone now here, so to speak, with yours truly on vocals, taking part in a Making Music Together class with my giggly babe. Here's fellow mom Natalie with her little guy, Henry. Another beautiful day for us here in the park, Natalie. Why do you and Henry enjoy this uh, Making Music Together class so much? Honestly, it started when he was, I want to say, 10 weeks old. Right now he's 10 months old. Is where basically it was something to get us out of the house because it started last summer and basically would help put him to sleep. And then we started you know, impl- implementing similar songs during bedtime and during cranky times. And honestly, we've been doing it for 10 months. And now my whole family sings and we're not a musical family. My husband sings, my parents sing, my in-laws learn the songs. It's, it's incredible. It's uh, We're even thinking for his birthday of hiring one of the um, uh, Making Music Together teachers to come in and sing for him because he loves it so much. So honestly happened to help the whole family bond, helped Henry kind of, you know, get to know his old family. It's awesome. I would recommend it to everybody. Now, we're not supposed to say that we can't sing though, right? Because remember, we've learned through class that everyone is born with a musical ability (laughs) and that the little ones love the sound of our voices. But hey, I'm with you because when we first started singing in front of each other, it can be a bit nerve wracking, but like, I think we do pretty well. I think we do okay. Nobody, not too many people turn around and give us dirty looks, so I think we're doing all right. Now, didn't you tell me in conversation previously that you actually will just bust it out in, like, a restaurant if he oh, needs yeah. to be? Tell us about that. Uh, no, uh, well, actually, on the way over here, we're, we're walking, and we're, we're saying I'm making faces, so it happens on the belt line. People give me dirty looks, and yeah, we were at a fancy French restaurant for uh, my husband's anniversary. We brought Henry with us, and he was cranky, and I busted out a ligaloo-galoo, and honestly, the waiter joined in, and he clapped. So, hey, I love it. You got to do whatever works, right? And we've also learned like health benefits, right? Stress and lullabies and things like that. So that really helps um, settle them and put them to sleep, you were saying. I would say it definitely works for us. It definitely settles them. Like when he was teething, when he had a fever, it honestly does help out. So I do believe that there are health benefits to this as as well as, you know, musical ability and his development. Amazing. Favorite song that you guys have? Uh, Aligaligaloo. Okay. Are you going to sing it for us? No, no, I'm not that cold. (laughs) Not that cold. (laughs) Goodbye, so long, farewell. And on that note, it's time to say goodbye. So appropriately, Music Together's goodbye song will play us out. Goodbye to Ruby and Silas and Haley. Goodbye, so long, farewell. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please download, subscribe, follow, and share. Until next time.